Welcome to another edition of Parenting on Purpose. We are back today with our amazing Juliana, and we are going to be talking about a topic that um, is kind of near and dear to my heart. We'll probably go into that a little more <laughs> as we get going, but just also something that I feel like all of us are dealing with post-pandemic, and that is anxiety. Mm. So Juliana, it feels like it's everywhere. It, it just feels like so many of us are dealing with anxiety on so many different levels, just from Mm -hmm. health and, you know, should I send my kids to school and should we wear masks Mm -hmm. or what, at what level do we take this? And, um, it just, oh gosh, it just feels like it's permeating every part of our society today. Yep. It is. It absolutely is. And so anxiety has definitely been on the rise post pandemic. And what's interesting is in the beginning of the pandemic, if you remember that, like that supposed two week lockdown that we were supposed to have. <laughs> yes. Um, so I was doing um, like virtual sessions at that time. And it mm-hmm. was really cool because I was seeing my clients that did deal the most with anxiety and social anxieties were doing so well because they were forced to erase their schedules and spend time with the ones that they love. Wow. And so, yeah, I actually saw like a really amazing improvement in my clients with anxiety, but then around May, when I was like, okay, I don't <laughs> think this is lifting. This definitely went beyond the two weeks. Then I started to see the spike in anxiety again. Um, and so it was an interesting trend that I noticed, but since then, man, we're, we're seeing so much anxiety. I mean, even from infants, because think about this, these wow. little babies that were born in a socially distanced society, yeah. um, babies, they need like the, the facial recognition and, and the, like the oohs and the ahs and the smiles and the big bright faces. And so with everybody masked it we even see like this anxiety happening with our infants. Yeah. So Yes, there definitely has been um, some some new things that we're noticing um, within our you know, therapy world. Um, so, yeah, is that something you can ex- is that something you can expound on? Like, what kind of new things? What What do you notice differently in the last two years? Well, for example, that just like I said with the with the younger kids and like yeah. their developmental milestones. So, th- this came out a few months ago. Um, I think it's like the Pediatric Association of America or whatever that whatever organization is, mm-hmm. um, they actually change some of the develop- developmental milestones to look for. Wow. Um, yeah. To give like more of a grace period so that parents okay. wouldn't freak out um, because things had changed in our society so much. So, wow. I mean, that, that's one of the bigger examples. Um, and then just the, the different trends, like social anxiety is really, really on the rise because we have um, parents and ha- having to make these choices, especially if they have a child with a compromised immune system of mm-hmm. staying away from people and not seeing people that they love, no, you know, best friends and, you know, the normal uh, extracurricular activities and stuff. And so all of that was pulled back. And as the world has begun to open, you know, kids are like, well, is this safe? Is this okay? I don't want to die because there's yeah. a lot of, you know, talk of people dying and, um, this being a really horrendous, uh, pandemic. Mm-hmm. And so there's been like a lot of, a lot of fear that our kids have had to try to process through. I mean, it's hard enough as I said, as adults to try to <laughs> make these decisions for ourselves. Yes. Right. Yeah, um, for sure. And we try to make them for our kids. It also gives us anxiety as a parent yep. too, because of course we don't want to, you know, set our child up for failure or illness. Um, so yeah, it's just been right. felt widespread. 
Yeah. Well, and then, and then you're balancing that. Am I setting my kid up for failure in, in school and socially, you know, like 10 years down the road, what, you know, what is this doing to them, you know, socially? And then, then, but then you have, you're balancing that and maybe their health or, you know, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's just, it's a lot. It's a lot. Um, so let's talk about, um, uh, you know, we, we go to like, you know, I just feel anxious today and where we go from that, you know, yeah, I'm just kind of feeling a little worried or, and, and where do we need to start paying attention? Maybe in our children, like, where does that go from, you know what, they're just a little worried about their test or they have a little bit of, you know, what we're now calling test anxiety mm-hmm. to, to this is actual, you know, clinical level. Yes. We need to do something about. Yes. So I like to, to speak on it as like a, a functional anxiety because we all have anxiety at some point yes. and a, at some level, there's like a yes. spectrum, right? So yep. we have like a functional anxiety where like we feel super anxious, but we can still do the task at hand. We can use our coping techniques. We can breathe. We can pray. We can, um, you know, talk to a friend or whatever, and we can get yep. through it. We can get out of bed. We can shower and you know, we can still function, but then there is debilitating anxiety. And that's like the clinical level of anxiety. Mm-hmm. And so that is where you cannot get out of bed. You cannot go to social functions or you're having panic attacks that prevent you from getting your responsibilities done. It's affecting your, either your work, your education, if you're in school, your social relationships, um, even your self-esteem. And so when we start to see like two, two weeks or more in debilitating anxiety, okay, listen, this is time to, to take this to the next level, call a therapist. Um, also, that's also a great time to speak with either a pediatrician, if this is a child or your primary care physician. Um, I am a huge advocate for getting our thyroid looked at. Our thyroid <laughs> regulates our hormones. <laughs> yes. Yes. So when our thyroid is out of whack. Um, it can either create symptoms of anxiety or depression. So yes. especially if you have a history of a family history of thyroid issues, get our thyroids checked. Um, so that's really, really important. I'm so glad yeah. you said that. I'm just gonna be a little vulnerable here. So this yes. is this is an area I struggle. Um, I, anxiety is just something that uh, just my personality. I'm a little more type A, and so that yeah. that's just you know. And so then I actually started a thyroid journey back mm. um, probably six years ago now, and it has been interesting as we've adjusted things how much better I felt. So definitely for me, the thyroid was yes. part of part of my anxiety yes. journey. That is not surprising at all. Nope. And I'm so-, so glad you said that. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, good yeah. for you. Go and yeah. get a check. Keep an eye on it. Oh, and even goodness. if there's nothing wrong with somebody's thyroid, at least you have a baseline now for the future. Yes. So if you take Agreed. your kid in, everything's good. Awesome. Okay. That's one less thing that we're working against when we're yeah. in therapy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just good to get that a clear bill of health for our thyroid. We also can look at our vitamin D levels, hormone levels when we're looking at our, our pre, you know, teens or tweens mm-hmm. because, ooh, all those change so oh, rapidly. So good. So good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so talk about like, what does it look like? What, what do I need to be paying attention for? You know, we talked you just mentioned infants and you mentioned, mm-hmm. you know, some mm-hmm. of the two-year-olds that haven't had their, their, the normal milestones. What are some mm-hmm. things we need to be looking at for, you know, anxiety, maybe in our younger children? So for our younger children, um, anxiety can look like often stomach aches. Mm-hmm. So when they're complaining about stomach aches or headaches, Um, you might see them not wanting to take risks. You know, they just are always trying to play it safe. 
they don't want to either go and talk to a new friend, which, you know, maybe before they were talking to other people, or maybe they were more social and now they're more withdrawn. Um, and again, you know, there are some children who from birth, they're just, you know, more wallflowers. Like I'm cool in a room. I just want to look and see what's going on, but don't talk mm-hmm. to me. And that's totally fine. That's personality. But when you see a shift in that, that's something that should raise a little flag for you. Um, meltdowns, tantrums, of course, when we, there are, you know, two or three, those kinds of things are come with the territory, but when you see, again, this lasting, it's becoming frequent and it's lasting for more than two weeks. Okay. Let's, let's raise another flag there. Sleep disturbances, eating disturbances. Again, you're still going to have those kinds of like growth spurts or milestones where kids may not eat as much, or may eat a lot more just based on their growth. So this is something that you just want to pay attention to. Like, is this normal? Like, is, is it just lasting a couple of days or is it something that is ongoing? And I'm seeing these other factors as well. Um, or they're having a lot of nightmares or panic, or I see them being very nervous. Um, I mentioned before, like not wanting to take risks. So maybe um, they like are really active, but they really just, Ooh, they're, they're sitting out a lot of times or they're mm-hmm. not wanting to, you know, go on the high slide or whatever, whereas they used to be like their favorite. So yeah. you just look out, you look out for, for those kinds of angst and like hesitations. Also, um, noting that if there's any hesitations with specific people. Um, so maybe they're more comfortable around like a, a certain person or groups of people and not others. Um, or, you know, maybe it's going to the doctor, which no, no child likes to really go to the doctor. No, no. <laughs> Poor pediatricians and dentists. They don't have to wrap. So, you know, those kinds of things are, are going to be normal if they don't want to you know get up really early and go to the dentist. Uh, that's understandable. Yeah. Um, but if you're starting to see that this is leaking more into other areas, okay, this is something that's different than before. So you just look at those changes of functioning, um, when they're the little ones. Okay. What about, um, and then I would assume that would be also probably through school age, or is there anything mm-hmm. else, uh, that's different for a school age child? Um, school age, they're going to have more of a vocabulary to talk okay. about things. So you're, it's probably going to be easier to get like, okay, this is anxiety. Like it's black and white anxiety because they're saying things like, I don't want to go to school. Yes. My stomach hurts when I go to school, you know, so yes. they have more of a vocabulary. So it might be a little easier to pinpoint it with them. Um, but if they are making statements like that, don't, don't brush it off. Don't be like, Oh, it's okay. Little yeah. Susie, you'll get over this. We're, mm-hmm. You're going to be just fine. You're like, no, like inquire about it and ask too, like, do you want to talk to somebody about this? Or have you talked to somebody about this or what makes you feel better? Um, and so help them along with, with some like self-regulation exercises, which we can get mm-hmm. to in a moment too. Okay. What, what about, um, teenagers? Cause they're, um, you know, oh, so complex <laughs> <laughs> teenagers are so fun. Yes. They're amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that's why, you know, listening to them when they're younger, or if they're like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm really anxious to go to school. When you believe them when they're younger, they're going to be a lot more open with you in their teenage years where, you know, yeah. <laughs> communication does tend to suffer in those teenage years, yeah. um, but try to keep that open dialogue. That's another, that, that you believe them, that you're on their team. Um, but with teenagers, you're going to see, you know, more of like the social withdrawal. Um, maybe they really like to do these activities and now you see them, you know, being more hesitant again, not taking those risks. Um, maybe, <laughs> and this is hard for some parents to do, but perhaps they're spending too much time in schoolwork and you need to call them out of that. Maybe they're signing up for all the AP classes and you need to be like, oh, you know what? That's not an expectation that we have. Is that something that you really, really want to do? Or are you just doing this to like, please us? Like what's going on here? Um, yeah. A lot of stress that's on, on our children for high school. Yeah. Agreed. And just, 
you know, I feel like just in general, I mean, we're, we're carting them from activity to activity and just maybe just not even time to process, you know, mm-hmm. just kind of what's going on in their lives. It's yeah. really good. Yeah. Um, I know that um, just again, from a personal experience, uh, one of my sons uh, really struggled about fourth grade. There was mm-hmm. um, a, a, he went to a small private school and another school had merged with them. And so there was this influx of um, children and um, just, you know, how that is, <laughs> you know, about fourth grade, you know, they had to yes. adjust their pecking order, you know? Yes. And so there was, there was a, a lot of bullying that started taking mm. place. And just my, my very tender hearted fourth grader, just really, I mean, he started throwing up before school and oh, just, goodness. he did, he did start withdrawing and it just, mm-hmm. for him, his anxiety came out and just, he just stopped caring. You know, he just stopped caring mm-hmm. up to turn in his work and he, yeah. um, you know, and so we did need to take some steps to help him through that a little bit, but um, yeah. Yeah. But it was he, interesting. Yeah, you guys listened kind of to him, you know, yeah, which is huge. Yeah. And yeah. And it, you know, then made my anxiety come back. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Making sure I make the right decision. <laughs> you know, those perfectionists, we never have any. Oh yeah. Uh, Type so, A. <laughs> <laughs> no, Go with the flow. We're smooth sailing. We deal with change very well, you know? <laughs> So, um, I think you kind of already answered this, but is there any, um, anything where it's like, okay, this is, this is kind of beyond the point of me really pouring into my child. And now is the time to really, um, seek counseling. I know you did mention that the Mm -hmm. two week, kind of the two week mark, but is there, Mm -hmm. is there other things that I really need to look for and just be aware of? Yeah. So, I mean, just to speak personally in your example of your son, you had made some adjustments, right? You, mm-hmm. you like changed his social um, atmosphere and stuff. I'm sure yep. you spoke on his behalf and all these things. Yep. So it, as, as a parent, like if you do those things and then you still see them, um, you know, there's been a change of environment, but now it's happening in this environment, yep. right? So it's not like, okay, little Timmy was pulled out and you know, they're, everything's better. No, yeah. you still see this continuing or it's starting to spread more than definitely be proactive and, and have them speak with somebody or a mentor. Even sometimes there's even a coach that, that, um, mm. you know, can pour into them as well. Just another, another adult to affirm like, okay, listen, I I'm here, I'm on your team. What can we do? How can we help? Um, because I, I don't know if you remember when you were little, but it's hard to really feel like you have a voice because so much is decided for you. Yes. And so when you have an adult, that's actually advocating for you. Whew, wow what a self-esteem booster that is. Right. Yeah. That's great. That's really good. And just an, another, you're like, you're saying another voice pouring into your, mm-hmm. to your kid so that they know that they're worth it. And you know, yeah. that's, that's great. Yeah. Um, so, uh, what, what can I do other than listening, spending time? What are some other things that maybe as a mom I can do to pour into my, you know, kid that may be struggling, like say my, mm-hmm. my child has some, maybe some test anxiety and it's, mm-hmm. you know, low level. What are some things that I can do, um, at home? Okay. So at home structure is important. Okay. Now my type A's, you can take this way too far. Okay. So there we call it a rhythm, <laughs> yeah, a rhythm <laughs> in our house. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. That, that's yeah. very socially acceptable. Okay. <laughs> a rhythm. <laughs> but, but for real, like actually having structure helps to lower anxiety in kids and having structure also is, is helpful for um, children who have symptoms of like ADHD, for example. So structure is just good for, for everybody be on the same page. We know it's coming up. We don't have to be anxious over the plans. Um, but we also look at it. I, I like how you say rhythm because we look at it with more flexibility, like, okay, if this doesn't happen, it's not the end of the world, but this is what we have planned. Right. Yeah. So moving forward with that, um, having a lot of support for them, 
fidget spinners are are great like you know there's different spinners there's tappers there's crunchers there's all these different mm-hmm. kinds of, of things that you can do um having a, a place for them to do their homework um that maybe like one of those bouncy balls that they can sit on or taking breaks um i mean if i had my way just just speaking frankly there would be no homework because i think that that is just like an overload for kids but that's another topic for another day but if anybody's yeah, going to say you know. <laughs> starts a petition out there i'll be the first signature on yeah, it me too i think it too. puts too much pressure pressure on our Gosh, kids but yeah. If they have to do it, then make it a little bit more enjoyable for them. So give them a bouncy chair or a fun place to do their homework. That's not their bed because we want their bed to be their brain signal of it's sleep time, not homework mm-hmm. time or play time. Um, so separating that for them. And, um, you know, like I said before, listening to them, yeah. um, you know, that there are some things, um, there are some opportunities where our kids are going to be presented with some really cool opportunities and we know that they can do it, but maybe they're just having some self-doubt. And so it's really going to take some discernment to know at what point do we push them and say, okay, we're doing this anyway. At what point do I, do I pull back and say, okay, you know what? I understand. And, and we're going to, we're going to do it your way. Mm-hmm. So that definitely is going to take some discernment and in, in talking through what's going on and what some options are and coming to a compromise sometimes. Yeah. Um, but just having that open dialogue is going to be really big and letting them know, like, I believe you, I believe you that this is really hard. I believe that you can do this, but I understand that this is really hard for you. Yeah. So what, what can we do? What, give me some options. Yeah. And I I mean, and you can probably speak into this as well, because you and I have some of the same feelings on this, but I I've noticed for me with thyroid, um, that my diet plays a Mm -hmm. big key Mm -hmm. (laughs) and whether or not I'm hydrated because I I'm not processing on my full, um, hundred percent if I'm dehydrated <laughs> and totally. I, I notice that big time with my, my anxiety also mm-hmm. caffeine, mm-hmm. you know, like if I've had a lot of caffeine and I know like, you know, sodas for kids is just that yeah. can exacerbate yeah. it. Yep. And then also, um, you know, my boys have a sensitive sensitivity to some of those, the red dyes. And yes. I, I just, I notice a big yep. difference in them. Yep. Is that's any- a really is- great point. So allergies even, oh, um, good. so even taking it a step further, allergies yeah. could even create anxious symptoms in children. Um, so, and even like some like infections and illnesses and stuff like that, but <laughs> the best course of action, if, if this is continuing over those two weeks is you can get the thyroid checked and you can also just get a normal blood panel too, just to rule out anything else that might be going on physiologically. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, eating is so important. Watching, you know, when, when people are like, oh, well, I don't know why, like, they're so anxious when they get to school. I'm like, what would they have for breakfast? Well, they had a Pop-Tart and like right. a strudel and some chocolate milk. I'm like, oh, it's all right. sugar, okay. all sugar. Let's back up. Or they're having difficulty falling asleep. I'm like, okay, well, tell me about the nighttime routine. Well, they have like a Snickers before bed. I'm like, okay, oh. let's not do that either. <laughs> so yes, definitely yeah. looking at our diet, looking at how much sugar are they consuming? Um, so looking at their sleep patterns, um, things that are you know, some things that are, are researched to sleeping with their mouth open, their brain doesn't actually get enough oxygen when they sleep with their mouth open. And so I've that's just been studying questions. this. I'm really so glad you brought that up. Yeah. Oh, how cool. Yes. Yeah. How cool. Yes. So that's actually one of the questions I ask parents too, if they're having behavioral issues or anxiety, whatnot, I ask, okay, are they mouth sleepers or mouth breather sleepers? I'm going to call it. And, um, and so, yeah, that's just something to look out for too. So what do you uh, do for that? <laughs> <laughs> for the mouth sleepers. I mean, they have like different like strips and different things like that, but that would be, I'm going to, I'll resort to the pediatrician the, or, okay. the, the sleep or the dentist. Specialist for yeah. That. yeah. <laughs> the dentist I know. Cause yeah. I, uh, I actually, I sleep with my mouth open 
uh-huh uh-huh and uh, and hmm. actually one of my sons does and so yep. yeah I'm that's has been some of my current research actually yep. you're gonna so have to funny. put a strap around your jaw I know. Know. <laughs> remember those like old brace yeah. <laughs> braces yeah. Thing? Mouth yeah. Whatever. yeah well what was it the headgear oh, headgear the there you go <laughs> <laughs> that was my childhood there that headgear oh no gosh oh. maybe you miss it maybe that's why you're sleeping with your mouth yeah. open you yeah, put a back on <laughs> Yeah, I was reading about those tapes, the tape that you put over your neck. Like, oh, yes. That, that just sounds painful. Me. I know that sounds really painful. Oh, my I don't gosh. know. Let me know how know it goes. Either. I don't know. I don't know if I'm brave enough to try that. The anxiety's coming out. Though. Right. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, let me know what works for you. Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. There's so also awesome. like some natural supplements, too. Um, like there's gummies and things like that that parents can look into. Of course, I'm a doctor. Speak to your pediatrician. See, you know, what, what they say. Okay, that, that's fine. You can try that. Um, or even just like uh, oils and like scents and stuff, because our environment does play a big role into our mood too. So mm-hmm. having organized room, right, keeping our room clean, um, but also having the scents, uh, whether it's citrus or lavender, you know, seeing you can test out your different ch- children and say, okay, which one do you like in your room? Which one do you like in your room? Um, just so they can have an environment that is calm and to their liking. Mm-hmm. So now talk to us as moms, because I do feel Mm -hmm. like a lot of us as moms just naturally tend to be anxious over our children. (laughs) Um, So why don't you speak to those of us that (laughs) tend to be more anxious than others? (laughs) I I like to say it's my right as a mom to be anxious. (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) No, but there there definitely is a balance. Um, And so as mentioned before, sometimes we can put too much pressure on our kids. So especially if, if we're doing homeschool, we are the principal, the teacher, the, mm. you know, judge and everything, the ruler. And so it, it's hard not to feel responsible for your child's progress. Um, and that's any parent. So whether you're homeschooling or not, um, we can take on their, either their sports or their academics as if it was their, our own and kind of like live vicariously through our children. So right. it, it's important like that it we reflects on me. Right. Right. Like if they don't do so well in soccer, like I'm a failure as a parent. Mm -hmm. Um, No, that's, that's not true. And so we have to allow our children space to, to feel, to be uncomfortable. Um, And that, cause that's also where they grow. So even in anxiety is a great opportunity for them to grow, for them to, to see, Oh wait, I, I can speak about this anxiety. I can speak about how I'm feeling and you care enough to try to advocate with me and for me for with you know throughout this, and so giving them um, some tools to to help them cope, um, some tools in their toolkit, right? So as mm-hmm. moms, we are um, you know speaking generally, but we are able to um, see any of those little shifts in mood or behavior or routines, and so um, just taking note of okay, what, what's when going on, playing with our kids is really big too. We, it's such an amazing window into our kids' minds and like, whether it's what a friend has said to them or even what we have said to them as a parent, I'll be playing with my daughter. I'm like, Ooh, okay. That's how I sounded. Okay, cool. Um, so it's just, like a, it's a really cool, um, insight that we have when we start to play with our kids, just get on the floor and let them lead the play. Um, and so I, yeah, as a mom, it's just, it's understanding that you, are not going to be able to shield them from every ill thing that's going to come their way. And I remember, I don't even remember uh, several years back, sorry, but we did uh, a podcast uh, was years ago of like, 
help. I can't keep my kids in Tupperware or something like that. I don't know yes, if you remember that. Yes, I do remember that. <laughs> that was yep. a long time ago. Yep. But yeah, was. you know, and it's, it's hard as a parent to know that, okay, I cannot always protect them. And, you know, the best thing that I can do as a parent is set them up for support. I'm not going to set them up for failure, but knowing mm-hmm. that, okay, there's going to be hard times ahead. Yeah. School's coming up. They're going to be starting again. I know that school is difficult within the first month or so, like they're, you know, it's hard getting them out of bed and getting them to school. And so what can I do to help set them up for success? What kind of supports can I, can I put around them? What kind of um, moods do I set in the morning? Do, am I waking them up screaming and yelling or am I, you know, waking up yes. their favorite song or you yes. know, being silly in the morning? So as you mentioned rhythms before, looking at the rhythms for how you start the day can also really help. Mm-hmm. Um, we spoke about food. So of course, being mindful of what's going in their lunchbox and their snacks, all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and being aware too, of how many extracurriculars are we signing them up for? Because my goodness, sometimes like we just overschedule them. Like we overschedule ourselves and they need some time to be bored. They need some time to like play with the toys that they have in their room that everybody yes. else giving them some piling up for years. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, yeah. Which, which actually brings me to thinking of you, you just saying that with time to be bored is that mm-hmm. way it's all, it feels like it's almost a curse word. Like they can't yeah. be bored. You right. know what I mean? And, and then it's, I, I, I feel like I, I was reading something that said, <laughs> we're going to lose some of their, you know, learning how to be creative and learning mm-hmm. how to be inventive because they don't mm-hmm. know how to be bored. Yep. And I think that that may even lean into some of this anxiety mm-hmm. where, you know, they, they Constant. can't, they can't be within themselves. They can't mm-hmm. sit and process They're Then, and then you introduce screens <laughs> and they're Ooh. overstimulated. Yes. You know? <laughs> have you seen, have you seen anything with that? Any research with um, anxiety and just kind of the amount of screens that we're doing? Um, well, I mean, there's been a lot of different studies that have gone into like all the blue light as well. Like just mm-hmm. that not being good right before bed because of how our circadian rhythms and uh, how our brain takes in information and light. So that has definitely affected sleep and they've done studies on that, but they've also done studies too, um, about screen time, about TVs. And I actually had some personal experience with this myself, mm-hmm. um, where we didn't do any screen time for my daughter until I forget how old she was, but until she could at least talk and stuff like, um, carry on conversations. And, um, that was just our personal choice, no judgment for anybody else, but we, we noticed that, okay, there were a few, um, like shows that were not inappropriate, but we just saw that, wait, whenever she watches this show, she seems to be a little more sassy or attitude after, even if there's a really great message that comes within there, she would focus on like the negative character. <laughs> Um, and yep. just go towards that. And we're like, okay, we got to like, mm, yeah, stop. Don't this. we all? <laughs> yes. Um, and, and two, I mean, sometimes it's not even like a, a bad kind of message or sometimes it's just like the too much of sitting and just watching a screen. And then we'd see this you know, behavior come out and we're like, okay, let's reassess this. And so as we knew our rhythms and we adjusted our rhythms, like, okay, this actually works better for our family. Mm-hmm. So yeah, definitely monitoring screen times. Well, smart. and I found even, um, within our family, my two, you know, I have two sons and my, both of my sons respond differently. Mm. One of my sons becomes much more over, overstimulated than my other son. Mm-hmm. And it very much affects his, it just his entire attitude. Like he yeah. come, it's, it's very interesting to observe. So one of them is even within my family is very mm-hmm. sensitive to it. Mm-hmm. Well, good thing you've so. noticed, you see, you're watching yeah, now. Yeah, now. <laughs> good job. 
So um, one of the other things that just as we process this, just as a whole with all of society, just kind of struggling a little more, mm-hmm. um, I, I feel like as parents and as moms, especially, you know, I've always heard that moms are kind of the gatekeeper to the home. Mm-hmm. Um, at, at what, at what point do I, as a mom, um, need to maybe go talk to somebody and mm-hmm. what are some tricks and tools that I should have in my toolbox, even for myself as an adult, when I start <laughs> feeling anxious or, you know, instead of, cause I feel like, especially again, when I'm struggling, me personally talking about me, Tori, mm-hmm. when I tend to, <laughs> when I tend to struggle with anxiety, I, I notice that I then tend to be more nitpicky on my kids or tend mm-hmm. to be a little more controlling on my kids. Cause it's like me trying yes. to do something with my anxiety. Totally. So what would baby be some cool, some cool, some tools <laughs> for those moms like me who maybe struggle <laughs> in this area? All right. I love that. Thank you for your transparency. Yeah. Um, because what, what you said is, is pretty, uh, pretty common when we start to feel anxious as a parent, we feel the need to control more. Mm-hmm. And then we put these, um, unrealistic expectations on our children or, um, something that, uh, oh, what's his name? He wrote a parenting book. Oh, Dr. Uh, Paul David Tripp. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to totally butcher this quote, but this is how I understood it. Yeah. Um, he said something to the effect of, am I parenting out of conviction or convenience? So is what my child doing actually against what the Lord is saying wow. or is it an inconvenience for me? So yep. that is what I have to repeat in my own brain when I'm parenting yeah. my daughter and I'm feeling super anxious or I'm on a time crunch. And I hear Dr. Paul Tripp's words of, is this conviction or is this convenience? And it breaks me through the core. I'm like, all right. Is this a moral issue or is this Mm -hmm. a preference? You know, is this just my preference or Mm -hmm. is this, you know, something that I need to be instilling in them? Right. Exactly. So as a parent, that's, you know, good things to check in with ourselves and and be aware. Um, I mean, if, if you're a parent dealing with anxiety, I would say there's no harm in checking in with a therapist, just making sure that you're doing what you need to do, that you're keeping yourself in check and you're getting your, the support that you need. You know, it's like the plane's going down you put the oxygen mask on first before you put somebody <laughs> else's on. Right. Yeah. So mom, we're like, no, but we can do it all. We'll put their mom first. Oh and yeah. Survive. Uh, yeah. No, put our own oxygen mask on first so that yep. we can really be there for our kids. So yeah, I would say yeah, go and talk to somebody and, awesome. and feel that out. And it doesn't have to be a weekly or bi-weekly thing. Like, no, it can just be as needed. Yep. Um, but some tools for our toolkit would be, um, something to look up would be grounding techniques. So adults, we can use these and we can teach these to our children too, but they might look a little different in practice. Mm-hmm. So for adults, we use our senses to ground us because when we feel anxious, that is our amygdala part of our brain that is activated and it's saying fight, flight, freeze because there is some kind of threat that it is, um, sensing around it. And so the amygdala is fired up. It needs more information in order to calm down. And so we use our senses to give it more information. So five, four, three, two, one approach, look around, notice five things that you can see four things that you can touch three things that you can hear two things that you can smell and one thing that you can taste. And so that would be like for the adults, five, four, three, two, one kids, we can simplify that. We can just do one of those at a time. Mm -hmm. Um, You can give them a little candy or mint, which is, you know, 
again, watching our sugar, uh, but just telling, okay, what does this feel like? What's the temperature? What's textured? Tell me all the different flavors. Okay. Now put it on your left side of your mouth. How's it feel? Put it on your right side of your mouth, you know, just helping them to, to understand that, okay, this is what's happening in this moment. In this moment, I am safe. And so bringing our senses in just helps our amygdala be like, oh, wait, I am actually here now and I'm okay. Um, other things that we can do too, is we can use imagery exercises and this is for adults and kids. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know what? We have an imagination. In fact, um, you know, a lot of us, we feel like we lost our imagination when we turned 10 years old, but as an adult, we use our imagination more than we did as a child, but we use it in a negative way. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Our body responds to it. Mm-hmm. So if I think about biting into a popsicle with the front of my teeth, like right now, chills just went down my spine. Yeah. Okay. I have not had a popsicle. I don't know how long. Okay. Yes. Just the very thought, my body response, Mm -hmm. our anxious thoughts, our body response. Mm -hmm. So imagery techniques, thinking about, um, a place that we can go to in our mind that is completely peaceful, untouched, imaginary, not a place that we've been to before, because anywhere that we've been, it's either been too hot, too smelly, too cold, too many people, whatever, something was wrong with it. Mm-hmm. So we use our imagination and we create a completely peaceful place in our mind. And when we actually use our senses in that place, you start to notice our body's responding. It's relaxing. That tension that we felt in our shoulders is dropping. Our jaw is opening, right? So our body responds to our thoughts. So imagery can be a really helpful tool with that. Mm-hmm. Um, for kids, blowing bubbles, right? So working mm-hmm. on our breathing, mm-hmm. blowing bubbles can be really helpful or just teaching them how to how to breathe deeply. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some other things? Oh, um, ex- expressive kinds of like creativity. So painting, sidewalk chalk, uh, drawing, uh, working with Play-Doh or sand, any of those things are, are good because it helps ground our brain. It brings us into the yeah. moment looking. I feel you know, like even right. adults, like that's something you could even do with your kids. You know, totally. I just, it's such a good, yes, totally. that's great. Yeah. So I think that those would be um, some really good places to start with putting tools in your toolkit. If you do a simple search on Google too, there's going to be a million more, mm-hmm. um, but just finding what works for you, listening to music, going for a walk, working out together um, praying, having a dance party, petting the dog. I mean, there's a million and one things that you can do. Um, but you just got to find what works for you and works for your kid and having the open dialogue too, with your kid of letting them know, like, yeah, I feel anxious too. This is what helps mm-hmm. me. Let's see what helps you. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do that. And I'll just, I mean, there's moments where I tell because my boys are a little older now, I've got a mm-hmm. 10 and a 13 and they'll just be, you know, days where I'll just let them know, Hey, I, I am feeling a little more anxious today. So mm-hmm you know, let's do, let's do a fun activity that'll help, you know, me kind of ground myself and then we'll have a better day and mommy will be more happy today. <laughs> not, not me, mom. It's just happy mom. <laughs> yes, please, mom. That's, yes. What can we do? Yeah, we'll do whatever. Let's do whatever. Let's go run a mile. I don't know. Just... <laughs> so, I mean, I do feel like there, you know, again, as my kids get older, it's just, it just open that, you know, mom's not perfect. Mom's going to mess mm-hmm. up too. Totally. And, you know, mom just may not be having a great day. There may yeah. be stuff going on for me that you don't know about, but I don't need to take it out on you. So exactly. Yeah. Well, very thank wise. you. <laughs> This is, this was amazing. This was very helpful to me personally. And so I'm I'm sure this is going to be a blessing to a lot of people. So thank you so much for all of that. And just for joining us today. My pleasure. Thank you. Well, we will again, have to have you back for more fun talks. And um, for those of you that have joined us today, we just want to say thank you for joining us and um, keep on listening. 
Thank you. Have a great day.